Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast with Paul Jamison. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscape professionals take your business to the next level. Paul is the author of three best-selling books, including Cut That Grass and Make That Cash, and his brand new book, 101 Proven Ways to Increase Efficiency and Make More Money in Lawn Care. Now available on Audible and narrated by Mr. Producer. Here's your host, Paul Jamison. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to today's program. Our special guest today is Blake Hawthorne from It's His Turf, not Fall River. That's right. <laughs> Yesterday, I was overwhelmed, and I was uh, Instagram and li- or Instagram story, and I was like, hey, there's Fall River, and, and I didn't even realize what I said because I was just overwhelmed, and you guys made fun of that. but It was funny, but yeah, we were just having fun, at, fun with it. Well, we're catching Blake on the... F- Normally, I interview speakers after they speak, but uh, this afternoon is going to be popping. So you're going to be a speaker here at the Spencer Pro event. What are you uh, planning on talking about? Well, actually, God's been working on my heart the last few days. So I've been planning this for about two months and I've been working on the speech and talking about purpose and um, you know, what what drives you, what are dreams, um, things like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, really how I've gone through and, and taken these calculated risks and how I've grown my company and achieved the things that I wanted to achieve when I was growing my company. Mm-hmm. And, uh, God just started working on my heart about three days ago and was saying, Hey, like, I want you to talk about your failures. Oh, I wow. want you to talk about your shortcomings. Uh, I want you to talk about the, the things that don't make the highlight real. Wow. And so, you know, after a lot of prayer and stuff and coming here last night and kind of hearing some stories and hearing some questions that some guys had and things like that, um, I realized that, you know, that is what God is wanting me to do. And, you know, so it's going to be pretty exciting. Um, I'm a little nervous to share some of this stuff. I've shared a lot of it, but never like in an entirety and breaking it down. So, yeah, well, that I appreciate the humility of sharing the failures and the vulnerabilities and then and then not to just highlight that you messed up but the the lesson you learn from it because the goal is when we fail that we like study our story like okay why did that fail so that tomorrow or today we can make the adjustment and the pivot so that we don't uh, do that again. Right. You know exactly. I mean? You said it right that pivot and what it is, what is it that you do differently? What do you learn from that moment to guarantee tomorrow's success? And when you look back and you see things in entirety, you can look at everything that built up in those moments where you made the wrong turn, when you went down the wrong path, when you strayed from what God had planned, when you chased the world mm-hmm. and where he had to bring you back and then how it led to today's success. Yeah. You know, the fear is that you don't realize, you know, what it is soon enough and you never reach that success. But the goal is to always be humbled enough. And my prayer has always been, God, if I start to stray away, bring me back. Yeah. I don't want to obtain the world. I don't want to chase all this in vain. So if I start getting off track, bring me back. And he brings me back and humbles me. Yeah, Sometimes well, it means taking my legs out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's, uh, the Lord disciplines those who he loves and, uh, he, he loves, he, that's a great sign that you're on the right path when you're, when you're getting disciplined like that. But whether it's a business failure or a life failure, I heard a guy named Mike Bickle share that you want to study your story. Why? why did I make that dumb decision? What, 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 what were the factors around what led to that decision? And, and football players have such a great understanding of this because they play the game. If you're in the NFL on Sunday and then what do they do Monday morning? Watch film. 
on the previous game. They're not they're not looking on to Cincinnati or whoever they're playing next. They're looking, okay, what did we do well? What did our opponent do well? What did we what could we have done better? They're literally studying film from their previous performance and then they're making the adjustment for the next game. Right. No, it makes sense that life's the same way. We've got to sit there and, and look at our decisions, look at our successes and our failures and look at what went into that. You know, Mike's in there talking right now about calculating and math, you know, all these equations. There's an equation to every single outcome. What was it that led up to that? Yeah. And then when you notify the um, or address the successes, how can we double down on this? Or this is our most profitable service. Let's do more of this. Or, you know, I'm not yeah. married, but, you know, if you're family, oh, I, we, our kids love doing this. Well, let's do more of that, you know, or right. whatever is a success, rinse and repeat. And then whatever is a failure um, I'll keep it real because we got 90% of men uh, that watch our program. You shouldn't be scrolling through TikTok at 10.30 p.m. at night. You know what I mean? Like that's, <laughs> you know, that's stupid. You know what I mean? Uh, Corey Russell calls it the stupid room. Like at 10 p.m., go to bed. You know what I mean? Don't, don't be scrolling through TikTok and then you play with a snake. You're going to get bit. Right. You what is I mean? it that the that parents used to say? Nothing good happens after 10 p.m. You know, 10 p.m. <laughs> well, Jim Trussell, he used to coach the Ohio State Buckeyes. That's what he would tell the college students, his football team. He said, guys, nothing good happens after 10 p.m. I don't want to hear stories that you're out at who knows where doing who knows what. Get your butt in bed at, at 10 p.m. and wake up at 536 and start the day with a clean conscience, with a, you know, a, a restful time. And don't be don't be staying up late. Um, now, last night you did stay up till 1 a.m. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty bad about that. Yeah, <laughs> but, I'm not. Uh, and I'm not saying you have to do I'm just saying, right. okay. You've got to be disciplined. Uh, yes. I, I, I help a lot of younger men who are trying to live a pure life and things like that. And they're like, man, Paul, I was watching TikTok last night and this blah, 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 blah. And, blah, blah. and I was like, what are you doing watching TikTok at 1030 at night, dummy? Right. Like, you know, like you, you can study your story. But anyway, I don't want to talk right. about uh, tickety tack. Let's talk about your failures and business. Uh, what, what are you going to plan on, on sharing today? Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to talk about it all. I'm going to talk about different businesses. You know, I've had a lot of businesses over the years and <clears throat> a lot of different ventures that I started and that didn't succeed. And people don't see those people see the successes. And so I'm going to, I'm going to talk about the different businesses that I've had that have failed and then how they have led up to the success of the ones that everybody sees in the highlight reel mm -hmm. and how this was a stepping stone into this one. I'm also going to get into the struggles that I've dealt with, with depression and suicide, things that we've talked about, you know, on the show before and how they have helped me um, create some disciplines in my life to make family first, to make that time intentional with them, to find the balance between work and, and family and Christ mm -hmm. and uh, just being intentional with those times. Uh, I think it's still something that uh, most of us as, as business owners or entrepreneurs, you know, struggle with. Mm -hmm. And so how can we find that balance? I'm single, Blake, no wife, no kids, and I'm stretched thin. Like I can't imagine, I mean, I can't imagine having a wife and children. I want to have those, but I'm, I'm already like, I wake up and it's dark and I work all day and it's dark and I'm like, and I'm loving every minute of it. I'm, I mean, I'm living a dream. I'm making a bunch of money. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. It's great. But yeah, I, I don't know how you manage all that stuff. And most guys listening, you have wives and children. So 
Yeah, I, I'm very blessed. I mean, you know, that my wife, we, we went through a, a very dark time. You know, I'm, I'm very fortunate she didn't leave me in that time and we were able to work through it. And it showed me all the things, you know, those failures. That was a failure in that point in time in my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm very fortunate to be able to look back and say, okay, it was all of these things. It was all that, you know, nights in the office away from her. You know, it was all those days that I spent, um, you know, all those evenings where I didn't come home for dinner because I was still working till dark. Um, you know, all these things where I was working on the business, where I was investing all this time to take the business where I wanted to go for my family. Cause I said, that's my purpose, you know, and, um, and to do that. And what happens is you just get sucked into this trap. You know, this trap is busyness. Satan's trap is busyness. If he can get you busy, then most likely he can get you to, to fall off track and to fail. And so you've got to be careful, uh, cause busy is not always better. And that was humbling for me because I used to look at guys that would go out on the weekends and play and be like, man, they're weak. You know, they're not grinding away this weekend. They're not working on their business. They don't want it as bad as I want it. And then now I look back and how naive that was and how those Saturdays and Sundays with the family are so, you know, such a uh, just a beautiful time for me and the family to grow. And then I missed out on 12 years of it. (laughs) And it's just like, you know, golly. If I can share that with a guy that's early on in his story, you know, in his journey and him make the changes now, then it's going to make all the difference. Andy Mulder started something called Datterday. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, where he tries to, I think he has two sons maybe, and uh, he tries to take Saturdays completely off and just spend them with his um, family on, on Saturdays. Uh, which it's easy to justify. Well, Saturdays is a great day to work because the customers are typically home and it's you can interact with them. And it's, you, what do you mean, blah, 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 blah. Well, he's happily married. He's a millionaire. He's debt-free. He's got a healthy relationship with his kids, with his wife. And his, his, this is his recipe. Right. And, and, and not to be a, a Bible thumper, but, you know, uh, six days you should work and one day you should rest. Like right. that's, that's the command. Um, I'm, I, I'm not no Bible scholar, but I think the Lord gave it to Moses. So Ten yeah, commandments. have a Sabbath. So. Yeah, have a <laughs> Sabbath. So it's like, you know, who are we to say, no, let, let's let's do seven. And honestly, you'll get more done in six with one day of rest than if you go seven because you just get fatigued and tired and you're not, every day's not giving your best. But if you can get really, really good hard work on six days, you can have one full day where you just, you know, yeah, this past. Okay. So in like my first 10 years, I worked maybe I was off maybe a dozen Saturdays in the last four years. I've probably only worked 30 or 40 Saturdays. Um, I always have taken Sundays off. Uh, my guys have worked maybe 10 Sundays in 14 years a very, you know, I always like want that time that at least they have that day of rest. Saturdays are optional for my guys unless it rains. So like, I'm really, really focused on that. Like guys having a time to disconnect from the work and the grind to recharge. Yeah. Cause I know not everybody's geared like me to continue that hustle. Um, you know, but it's, but it's difficult, but I have seen in the last, you know, couple of years that having that Saturday off and that Sunday off and taking vacations last year, I calculated it. I took almost three months off for week vacations or a three-day camping trip or this or that and that time with the family. And it was yet the most profitable year I'd had. I was the most recharged. We had got the most done. Mm -hmm. My crews became the most efficient. And it's just like the the mindset and the trap that we get into is just work, 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 work. But when we actually have the time to step back, the thinking that I do on those quiet mornings, the time away from the hustle allows me to put together the formula for success for that next week. Mm -hmm. 
That's good. You like to camp and, and hunt and fish. I think I offended Blake. <laughs> Naylor and I came out there. He was all excited to take us fishing. And it's like 10 o'clock at night. It's freezing cold. Blake's got a T-shirt on. He's like, you boys ready? I'm going to bed, man. <laughs> I, I offended the Arkansas boy. But well, tell, tell us about camping and fishing and hunting. You like all that okay. stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, it started when me and my wife were struggling and we were being intentional. And so we started going hiking uh, every weekend. And then we started going to state parks and stuff. And the great thing about that, there was no cell phone service. I got to disconnect. I got to focus on them. And Arkansas and that, is beautiful. That's how it started. Oh, beautiful yeah. There's 52 the state parks. There's one for every weekend. That's how they advertise it. Um, but it is. It's a lot of fun. It kind of became this game. Uh, we had a state park map, and we were chasing them, going to all these different ones. And then we decided, like, hey, let's stop staying in hotels. When we go on weekend trips, let's get a camper. And it just kind of grew and blossomed. And that was my first disconnect. Um, you know, that led into us getting a, a fishing boat, which I've got into bow fishing and guiding. And that's another that's company. That's where you were going to take now, me, right? I was going to take you bow fishing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, maybe, you know, that's maybe a passion. Maybe if I, if I get another chance, I'll yeah, yeah, I have to, absolutely. take you up on that. Yeah, anyway. I don't like snakes, though. There's, I mean, there's some, but they won't get in the boat. You sure? I promise. If they do, I'll throw them out. Okay. <laughs> just, just for you. Kevin doesn't like them either, so yeah. I got to keep them away from the boat. I just thought, <laughs> I don't know. Lakes seem like they're infested with snakes, yeah. at least in Georgia. Yeah, no, there's not that many. And you got to think we're going to have 5,000 watts of lights around the boat. So. Oh, does that? Yeah, it's going to illuminate it. It's going to be about as bright as daylight. So it, it brights, it makes the water so you can basically see in what's going on in the water. Right. Yep. It's pretty cool. It's really cool. You got to come check it out. But yeah, that's been my disconnect. So okay. like I struggle with depression and not having an escape from work and all of that. And so like hiking and camping and, um, and fishing have kind of become my escape. Early on, I, I did a lot of hunting, but as my family grew, my business grew, I found myself not having the time to take away to go on those trips. And then I kind of saw it dwindle down into very little, you know, of that happening. And uh, I just got sucked in. And so this has become the recharge, the escape that I need to find that balance. And I, I do get carried away. I mean, I don't sleep much. You know, we talked about nothing good happens after 10 p.m., but most of my best fishing happens after that time. <laughs> but, okay. you know, we go out, we, we fish till 2, 3, 4 in the morning, come back, grab a few hours of sleep, and then go back to work. And, um, you know, it's, it's a good time, but I can operate like that. Not a lot of guys can. Yeah, I can't. I'm, I, I go to bed. 10 p.m. I'm 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 going to bed. You mentioned before the the marriage issues. There's long days of working and then working into the evening. As a landscaping business owner, how do you create your business so at 5 6 p.m. you can get home and spend quality time in the evening with your wife and children? Um, the biggest thing that I've had to learn over the years is like saying no. Um, not taking on, you know, to more than I can handle. Uh, I'm really bad at it still, but I don't, I don't take on a lot of extra work except for my client, my main clients. You know, we mow uh, this year, we're going to mow 500 yards a week. And Good so, Lord. Like, so like those clients right there are my main focus. Any projects that they have coming up are first priority. And then I put a couple fillers in throughout the year. I'll put in maybe one or two pools and big hardscape projects. Cause I know those are a lot of time, but I pick customers that are going to work with my schedule. They realize that every third week I'm away from some of my big POAs that are hundreds of homes and that I have the manpower to come in and to do some big phases and that this project, you know, may take several weeks to complete. And I make sure that they're a client that understands that. Um, and then I'm not sitting there running ragged, chasing, you know, we finished mowing and we doing this. And, and it came down to communication. I used to always be scared of losing the client. So I wouldn't tell them, hey, I've got... 
you know, 120 yards, we got to go mow today before I can come get to your, you know, mulch job or whatever it may be. And so once I started communicating that to people and then I figured out how to manage my guys well enough where I would take my entire crew, people make fun of us on YouTube all the time because we show up to a job with the manpower. But I go to my most difficult job in the morning with my manpower. We're going to waste the time anyways. You're going to waste it at the gas station. You're going to waste it jacking around the shop. Like you're going to waste it somewhere. We're going to get our stuff together. We're going to go show up to the most difficult job that nobody wants to be on. And we're going to knock it out. And then we're going to go mow our routes and everything's going to kind of slow down and we'll all kind of go our ways. Um, and that's how I found to get the most time and then setting non-negotiables. If I'm intentional and I commit to coaching my son's t-ball team or baseball or whatever it is then I know at Tuesdays or Thursdays, whatever it is, I've got to be off at this time to do it. And my guys cover for me. You know, there's nights where maybe, you know, it's not one of those things that my wife understands like, Hey, I'm going to have to work late to pull the slack because so-and-so did it there because I don't want the same guys in the company working late every single night pulling the slack because somebody's going to get burnt out or somebody's family's going to suffer from it. Yeah. And I'm trying to make that uh, workload kind of even out across the board. How do you build that team, Blake, of guys that will want to show up and uh, come come work with you guys? It, it, it's really difficult. And a lot of people ask that and they don't realize that in 14 years, we've had over 500 employees. Like you go through the guys, um, but you find the guys that are great and you either invest in them um, and they're either there and everybody's there for a season. So, so you figure out what they're interested in. You figure out what their goals are and you invest in them. That's the number one thing. Uh, number two is that you're going to have to treat them like family. Every single guy, like everybody's like, Oh, you're the most laid back. Like I'm not like, I will do anything for you until you are like, you've strike one, two, three, like, and then I'm, you're cut off. Like I'm done. And there's guys that I've taken, you know, more chances on through prayer and different reasoning and stuff like that. But you know, that, that's my thing. I will do anything for you. I'll take the shirt off my back. I will, I will do whatever I can for you. And my guys respect that. Um, and then you find out what their ambitions are. And then since they're in there for a season, some want to grow a career there and you figure out what their goal is. Do they want to run a crew? Do they want to manage people? Do they want to just show up and work? Cause some guys just want to show up, clock in and work and they're going to work hard for you. Um, but maybe they, you know, maybe they don't want to work Saturdays because they've got their hobbies or this or that. So you figure out what those things are and you help those guys in those areas. Um, and then you have guys that are here for a season that their goal is to get their own business. And I have several former employees that are my number one subs. My concrete guy owned, you know, he owns a concrete business now that he ran concrete crews for me for years. I helped him when I got out of concrete to start a concrete business. And now I sub out, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of work to him. You know, um, the same thing with my rock layer. He worked for me for three years. He wanted to get into his own thing. And I helped him start his own rock business mm -hmm. and get into doing masonry and stuff like that. Hey guys, Paul here, and I want to tell you about an exciting event happening here in Atlanta called Synced Live. The dates for the event are February 6th through 7th, 2023. That's a Monday and a Tuesday. It's going to start on Monday afternoon at 3 p.m. and then be all day Tuesday. I'm going to be there. Really looking forward to this expo. It's going to have 70 plus innovative products and services. There's going to be a drink reception on that Monday night, February 6th. And then on Tuesday, February 7th, guys, at Synced Live, there's going to be demonstrations. 
keynotes, educational sessions, and plenty of industry inspiration. Now, you can get your all-access pass to Expo and all the education sessions for only $99. This is the only event shaping the future by connecting all aspects of the landscape industry into one event. And it's in my city, Atlanta, Georgia, right across the street from our baseball stadium where the Braves play. So we want the next generation of landscape owners and decision makers to be there. I'm going to be there. Hopefully you will be as well. To register, all you got to do is click on the link in today's show notes. We hope to see you in Atlanta this February. We know you need something that's easy to operate, comfortable, and still brings great performance. The Kubota Z400 Zero-Turn Mower Series brings all that and more. You'll also love the large fuel tank, so you can keep on working without interruptions. Hey, you. Yeah, you. You're out there in the field mowing lawns, making money, working hard. But for every dollar you make, you're worried. Worried that you spend too much, worried that you won't make payroll, or worried you'll generate a big financial mistake. Simply put, you don't know your numbers. You're not alone. The Landscaping Bookkeeper has helped dozens of eager lawn care owners organize their numbers, learn the language of business, and build a solid financial foundation. Start your journey from simply earning money to creating a long-lasting source of income today by scheduling a free 15-minute phone call at thelandscapingbookkeeper.com. Ever wish you could monitor your vehicles, drivers, and equipment in live time to improve routes, enhance job site planning, and save your business money? Well, with GPS Track It, your wish is our command. When you integrate GPS Track It with your company vehicles, you get a 24-7 view of your vehicles, so you operate at crazy levels of efficiency. It's money-saving, peace of mind lawn and landscaping companies deserve. Ever wish every day was Donut Friday? Us too, but we can't help with that. Talk with one of our fleet advisors. No pressure, no hassle. Call 1-844-996-2518 or visit gpstrackit.com slash Paul to learn more. GPS Track It. Back to the 500 yards of lawns that you guys mow. Tell us a little bit more about that operation. I'm running math. If you do five work days and it doesn't rain, that's 100 yards a day. Like, how, how are you guys keeping up with all those lawns? Okay, so then people want to know, like, how many guys do you have mowing and right. what equipment, this and that. So, like, all our trucks this year are going to be set up the same. We just bought a brand new 4,500 flat cab. It matches our old one we bought two years ago. And so they're set up with, you know, a stand-on, a ride-on, two push mowers, weed eaters, all, the, all that. Uh, we have the same setup in the shop that is, what like, our third setup. What kind of mowers and power equipment do you guys use? So one crew is very specific. They only want to run steel weed eaters because they have extra power. Um my other guys like the Husqvarna's because they're lightweight. Um, I'm running Gravely because they've had the gap program. I've had machines go down. They've stood behind it. I think they're getting rid of that, phasing it out. But that's what saved me early on. And we put a lot of abuse on the equipment, and they've always held up to it. Uh, push mower-wise, we're running X marks. I like the 30-inch. I was very, you know, kind of, uh, you know, standoffish about them. But after I did the math and I finally got one, ended up buying three more, buying two more this next year. Yeah, I like the X marks so, 30s. Yeah, so a lot of people think we're crazy. So out of those 500, we're going to push mow over 200 of them. Okay, with um, the 30-inch? And with actually over 250. Okay. Yeah, so we run four 30-inch mowers. 
and 121 inch. Is it Bermuda grass or? Mostly zoysia. Zoysia, ooh. Uh, so yeah, we have to That'll bag a lot. That nice, yeah. Yeah, and then whatever's not, we have like five or six St. Augustine and the rest are Bermuda. Yeah, but a 30 inch X mark if the blades are sharp on zoysia grass. So yeah, we have our big yeah. subdivision. So we do our big subdivision every 10 days. And so that subdivision, when it comes around is, you know, that's one of our blade sharpened days. We're going to be putting fresh blades on it. Our other subdivision, uh, we do the same thing. So it's like those subdivisions get the fresh blades when we're going to you, them and doing you the mow cut and all. All that. the lawns in the neighborhood. Yes. Oh wow. Yeah. So we focus on HOA POAs, like retirement communities, four thousand to ten thousand square foot lawns. Um, and the reason being is because I want to move the truck as little as possible. Early on, I would take on everything and build these routes. Watch out! We can't have right. kids on YouTube. Got it. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> Isn't that a rule or something? Yeah, something like that. I, it's, yeah. it's somewhere in Thank there. Thank you. <laughs> but. Um, so uh, how many are, I, I lost track. How many okay. are on, uh, I just want to, um, you know about that YouTube money. I'm trying yeah. to get uh, right. get it monetized. So um, <laughs> subscribe to our YouTube channel. We, we don't even have, maybe by the time this comes out, we're monetized. You have to have 4,000 hours of watch time. You, you probably don't you still remember have to have a thousand subs. And yeah, and I got some, the yeah. thousand subs. We have like 2,000 awesome. some subs but you have to have 4,000 hours of watch time. So it was, it's at like 3,900 and something. So I'm like so close to getting my so channel. So if you're listening to the podcast, head over to the channel and, and check it out. Yeah, just hit, hit play <laughs> and like go go do something. Let it play all day. Yeah. All right. So no, but back to what we were saying. So we're, so we're push mowing, you know, 200 and something of those. And what I do is uh, I have two crews. Those two crews that are set up are mowing every single day, typically. And then I have a landscape crew, and then I have my irrigation truck, and then me and my dad. My dad usually does my deliveries and all that. But when it comes to our subdivisions, it's all hands on deck. Mm-hmm. We all show up. It's the most difficult thing. And so we all show up and we knock it out. Um, some days, you know, you ask about the math. Uh, the most we've ever mowed is like 186 yards in one day. That's the most we could do with like 14 guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really pushing it. And, you know, <clears throat> they are 4,000 to 10,000 square foot. If we do that, we're focusing on HOAs only. You know, I'm at three different HOAs and we're knocking so them all out. So he's just going from one yard to the next, like it's all one big project, basically. So I have two guys that run weed eaters and edge nonstop. Mm-hmm. I'll run five push mowers and then I've got zero turns running, you know, doing whatever doesn't have to be push mode. We have larger yards, common areas, whatever that may be. Are Once there the zero turn, fences in the backyard or is it open? Yes, no, oh, no, it's man. fence. Everything has a backyard fence. Dang. Yes, that, and everything has a curb and, you know, some have sidewalks yeah. and so. Those backyard fences slow you down. A lot. A lot. And so what we do is once the push mowers are done, they will grab weed eaters and work their way back to the crew that's weed eating. Uh, once the guys are done with the riding mowing, a uh, few grab weed eaters and the rest grab blowers. And they'll start because we have to blow off all that street. So there's miles of street, curb, sidewalks, driveways, back porches, and AC units that we have to blow off in every single one of these properties too. And what blower are y'all using? Um, this year, we've gone back to all of the Husqvarna 580s. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I really like them. Yeah, those are those are good blowers. So what would you say to um, somebody who's hearing you do 500 yard, 500 lawns? Like, do you recommend it or in hindsight, are you like stick to a smaller what? Okay. So you, you, yeah, you have, so in my downsize, I've always stuck to my roots, which was lawn care because I did it well. I wanted my ambitions and stuff. I wanted to go do all the hardscaping and all of that. And I do it good, but I don't do it as well. And so you have to really love it and do it well to try to do it at that level. Yeah. Uh, It's not for everybody. 
And uh, I, I don't recommend it if you don't have the manpower because I could not do that without my guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need at least my, my, my army of 12. You know, we call it army because that's what they started on YouTube calling it. Yeah. Um, but that's what I need to pull this off. Um, because I've gone and done some of those subdivisions with four guys mm-hmm. and it takes three days. So then we go from doing 176 a day to we took three days to do 136. Mm-hmm. And you just, you can't keep up with that workload. Yeah. And so, yeah, if you're going to do that, you've got to have, you've got to have the team in place. And, you know, this past year I struggled with that. I struggled getting guys. I was spending 40,000 a year in training, uh, new guys and they were going on. And I said, forget it. I lost some good guys over the years to money. So let me figure out what they're going to cost to get them back. And so I went and found those old guys, figured out what I had to pay them. Then I had to in return give my employees that I had a raise. But at the end of the day, it was still less money than the forty or 50000 I was spending a year in training guys that weren't sticking around anyways. Yeah. And so now I've got my all-star team. I've got all my best of my best that I wanted to keep. And, you know, everybody's making pretty good money. And I think for right now, everybody's content and happy. Let me ask you this, Blake. Hypothetically... You're 21 years old. You got $5,000 in the bank account. That's it. No mower, no weed eater, no blower, no, no nothing. We'll, we'll hypothetically say you're a newlywed. You just got married. No kids yet. And someone, someone you, you're not from Hot Springs or, or Arkansas or whatever, but someone just plops you down in Arkansas because you know the turf there. Right. You got $5,000 and you feel God's calling you to start a lawn or landscaping business at, how, how do you go from there? How do you grow your business? What would you, what, what moves would you make to get started? So, the, so the moves that I made to get started is well, what I, would you do this time around with everything you around? know now, if you, if you started with five, only at 5,000 bucks and you, you have no customers, you have no equipment. Right. You, I started you, with 1300. Okay. Then, then you can, you can yeah, work on that. So, but. so I took, so I took my college graduation money, which was $1,300 and went and bought a trailer. And okay. then I turned around and I borrowed my dad's equipment, but my dad's equipment wasn't nice either. It was a hundred dollar weed eater push mower from Walmart. It was a $279 um, Husqvarna 123L weed eater, uh, which I ran for like eight years. <laughs> and then it was a little bitty still like um, it, it, the one size up above a handheld, Okay, you know, blower. Yeah. And then I went and I did zero down uh, 0% interest on a gravely HD 60, which was $149 mower payment. And, uh, so that's how I got started. So I would say, yes, take, if you've got to get a vehicle, so hopefully you have a vehicle, you know, say we have a pickup truck in that scenario, Mm -hmm. you've got to get a trailer. I made a lot of extra money early on with haul offs, hauling off debris. You know, if I had to pay $20 for a dump, I was charging a hundred dollars to fill up that trailer, you know, and that was just to haul off. That wasn't the money to load the trailer. That was just to get it removed the deli- from their yeah, place. Yeah, the removal fee. Yeah, yeah, the removal fee. So my trailer added a ton of extra income early on, um, especially in between trying to pick up li- you know, An clients and trailer, all that. open trailer, I'm assuming? Yes. Yes, open trailer, high sides, one that you put the most debris in because there's a lot of money in that. I did a lot of junk hauling too and moving furniture early on because I had the equipment. Um, I would say that, you know, get you a little better backpack blower, you know, go spend the 600 out of that $500 budget. So now say we've spent 2000 on a trailer cause that's about where they're at now or find a good used one, 1500, go spend you 600 on a good blower buy new, get you something with a warranty, especially getting into commercial mm-hmm. finance you the mower. So that way you've just got that mower payment. You know, I have got to go mow three lawns for my break. Even here, I've got to go mow another five lawns to cover my insurance for the month. So, you know, we're sitting there at, you know, 
seven to eight yards for the month is our break even of cost of operations at that point. And then, you know, get you a good, you know, trimmer. I made a lot, I landed my first trimming job. It was $700. I didn't own a pair of hedge trimmers. I went and bought a pair of hedge trimmers, did that trimming job, got paid, paid myself back because I wiped my account out to buy it. And then I started landing trimming jobs. I didn't realize how much money there was in and just keeping up the trimming because a lot of guys just want to mow and blow. They don't want to go in and do the landscaping. They don't want to go and do that. And so focus on those things. And then, you know, if you've got money left over for marketing, do free marketing of, you know, Facebook. Um, But then I have always found that door hangers with pricing has been my best tool for growth. And so invest in that. It's like 300 bucks. I got a thousand of them. They were nice printed on. Use that to grow your company, you know, and then, and then, you know, start to go door to door. You're going to have to step out your comfort zone, but you can grow it. That's so good. Well, is there anything else we're leaving out here, Blake, that you want to share with the uh, Green Industry Podcast audience listeners? Man, I, I think you started to touch on it. We're talking about it a lot to, you know, today, and that's action. You know, just take that action. Uh, don't have that fear. You know, calculated. You asked me the question about the 5,000. You know, uh, just, just put, it, put the pencil to the paper and, you know, do the mathematical equations that you need to do to figure out if it makes sense for you, each of those investments. And then, you know, take the risk. Don't be scared, but don't be scared to fail either. Like that scare of failure keeps so many people, you know, from pursuing, you know, what they want to do. And so don't be, don't be scared to fail. But if you do fail, don't let it beat you because it's only going to be a negative thing if you let it beat you. Yeah. Minor, minor setback for a major comeback. You just got to, that's right. You got to get back up on, on the keyboard. There's a delete button. Just push delete. You know, I made a mistake yesterday, but today's a new mercy, new, new opportunity, fresh start to, to make the right decision. Um, Sower was over here earlier. I was like, why is your name Sower? I thought that was his last name. Right. He's like, no, the, um, this parable of the sower, you plant seeds. And so when we plant bad seeds, we make dumb decisions. Eventually we'll reap what we sowed. Right. And so a lot of times we make a failure mistake. It's just a culmination of a bunch of small, poor decisions. And then you're like, well, that was dumb. So then you, the, the thing about time is when you make a good decision, you don't see the reward right away. You, you usually don't see nothing. But you make another good decision, another good decision, another good decision. And over time, it, it's a beautiful tapestry of um, planting seeds, of, of doing a good, um, making good decisions. And there's, there's, I shared this on a program previously, and um, Andrew Martinez texted me. He's like, that was really good, Paul. Uh, and I, I just quoted someone else, but I said that um, people are counting on you to make good decisions. Like your children, your wife, your employees, your customers – they're counting on Blake Hawthorne of making good decisions. And when Blake makes good decisions, his wife benefits, his children benefit, your employees benefit, your customers benefit. And it goes beyond that now because you're on YouTube. Um, a lot of people benefit when you make good decisions. And then the reciprocal is when we make poor decisions, it, 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 the ripple effect is all those people, you know, our customers, our family, our employees, et cetera. Absolutely. And so I think as entrepreneurs, whether you realize what you signed up for or not, there's a, there's a re- weight of responsibility that's on our shoulders that we have to just call it what it is. It's, it's responsibility and we need, we, the, the world is, is yearning for men to, to rise up and, and be who God called us to be. And I appreciate you, Blake. I, I got all kind of areas I'm working on, man, but you, you know, just seeing you at these events, you, you encourage me to get my stuff together and, and, and get, you know, make good decisions. So thank you for being a light in the community. I appreciate it, man. That means a lot. 
No, God's, God's always using you. And like, you know, you never know who's watching. And like you said, it's somebody, you've got to make good decisions because somebody's looking at you and you never know who's watching you. Yeah. So Cool. Well, thanks for being a, uh, iron and sharpen iron, encouraging me to, to get on the right path. I'm, I'm, I'm on the right path, but it's so easy to veer off the right path. And, and, yep. and, and you got to oh, recalculate, recalibrate, and, and, and stay focused. Yep. Cool. Well, I'll let you save your pipes for your big talk, man. So. All right. Awesome. Thanks. Well, how can people follow you guys? You're on the MySpace or, or what is that thing called? YouTube? <laughs> yeah. So well, what's your channel? Yeah, you got over to, it's, up. it's his turf over on YouTube. Did you get um, that silver play yet? Where are you at? Not yet. Not what yet. You We're uh, 66,000 somewhere in there. With so momentum? hopefully with momentum, finally. Okay. It, it kind of died down there for a minute, but we're finally building it back. People are liking those leaf videos. So, you know, we're hoping it'll, it'll keep building up and then, you know, maybe next year. So fingers yeah, crossed. And then your buddy, um, Fall River, he's, you guys kind of collaborate yep. together. So, yep. Yeah. He's there in the mid fifties too. So, you know, hopefully it'll, it'll happen for us and that's the goal. Yeah. That's great. We'll follow them on YouTube. It's his turf and, and fall river, fall, fall river. Yeah. Yep. They, they both live in Arkansas and they, me and Jason Creel are trying to do what you guys are doing. Cause you're always on each other's videos and collaborating. And so in 2023, I'm going to try to do what you're doing. Jason lives a kind of far away from me. Like, couple hours but you guys live 40 minutes apart yeah, yeah. So so it, easier, it makes it but, really nice but yeah we, we're we're following your recipe of of collaborating because i've seen both of it um help both of you so we're trying to do something similar although i got two thousand subscribers and jason has 115 so i'm like what am i bringing to the table man if i just i'll hold your camera jason. encouragement yeah help wherever you can i feel like well wait, let's collaborate jason he's like well you got two thousand subscribers I'm like you know but anyway <laughs> i'm trying my best man so smash that subscribe button. Help us get the 3K subscribers, man. You you forget these humble beginnings, man, when you're getting all excited just to cross your 4,000 hours of watch time. But the YouTube, see, I used to do these, Blake, and I saw you guys got these BPHS1s, right? Yeah, yeah. And you we got had to that. follow you. Yes, sir. It's, so. it's the perfect. It's so simple. It's really nice. But what was happening, I was going to all these events, and I was only doing the audio. And so um, I had some people be like, why don't you just film it as well and then put the the audio podcast on YouTube as a video podcast and then take clips of it and do like what Joe Rogan, he'll have like a, well, I'm not going to talk for three hours, but then he'll slice it into little clips. Right. So we're trying to do that in 2023 is videotape all of our episodes, put little YouTube shorts out. If you said something smart, which you said many little nuggets. <laughs> use those. Don't use the clips from yesterday. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> those were bad. But uh, anyway, we're, we're trying, what I'm trying to say is, is we're trying, um, it's so much with you get good at one thing and then they're telling you to do YouTube and then they're saying do this and do that so we're trying folks yeah just keep grinding keep hustling keep putting content out yep alright well thanks for your time man go go get them it's hard to follow up Mike Andy's but here we go let's see what, let's let's see what, see what, what we got. do <laughs> the Know Your Numbers training program is the shortcut to financial freedom that I wish I had. You see, success requires more than us just working in our business. We must learn how to work on our business. And in the Know Your Numbers training program, you'll learn how to stop burning cash so you can learn to make all your services truly profitable. You can bid with total confidence that each job you sell be more profit in your pocket as you build long-term wealth. Because we're going to teach you how to start paying yourself as the 
owner of the business the right way. You can grow a healthy business as we identify and track your cash flow for continuing success so you can stop losing sleep over financial details as you gain the skills to delegate the tough number crunching activities as a lawn care business owner. And never chase those unpaid invoices again. We'll teach you how to streamline your billing into a hands-free process. So we will cover all of this and so much more as John Pajak and I are the teachers in this e-training program. It's called Know Your Numbers. It's available at our resource center at thegreenindustrypodcast.com. Hey, it's Marty, producer of the Green Industry Podcast. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services that you heard about during the episode. And thanks for listening.